and welcome to the Last Ones In podcast. I'm the host today, Robbie, joined with E. Hello. And for guest starring again today, we have D. Hello. And Dry's on vacation today, so we're not going to have him at all. Yeah, you went to the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Again, which is weird. Yeah. It's surprising how often he comes back. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's why he's so secretive about who he really is. Mm. Yeah, he always has like a different hair color every time he comes back and like (laughs) speaks differently. And he always forgets our name. Has a weird accent every single time. Yeah. Eye shape changed. (laughs) Keeps on asking who the president is. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, uh, a little bit of more of an off episode. Uh, We kind of decided since there's a bunch of movies that E has only seen the sequels to... Uh, today we watched 2000's Pitch Black. Yeah. Mm. Um, so this one's a fun one. I think many times on the podcast I said I watched Chronicles of Riddick and not this one. Yeah. Apparently I'm wrong, actually. <laughs> yeah, the more that he talked about it, I think he watched the third movie. He yeah. kept on asking, like, yeah, they're like on this planet and there's like this alien dog creature. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that, yeah. That's not in either movie. So, uh... So I'm, maybe he's only seen, like, the last movie of the trilogy so far. What's and, like, that one called? I think it's just called Riddick. Huh. Riddick, yeah. Because I think I saw the same one with E. Same day. Uh, Yeah, with our father. We went and watched that in theaters when it came out. So we both thought it was the second one. And then we were like, 2004 doesn't sound right. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I was older than that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. So yeah, this is just us trying to keep up, arm keep E up on movies and trying to show them the beginnings of said movies. So we figured, like with Dry not being here today, this would be a good off movie to watch for it. But that's what we just watched. Um, yeah, D also hasn't seen it. By the yeah, way. Yeah, D also hasn't seen. It. He had only seen the third movie, much like <laughs> yeah, E. Yeah, just the third. But uh, if you guys want to watch this movie before we start going into like more spoilery territory and like deep diving into all of it uh the easiest place to go watch it is on peacock uh weirdly enough i guess it makes sense you know nbc universal uh other than that you know it's the usual suspects it's youtube google play Redbox, voodoo and amazon prime for 3.99 if you want to rent this movie i'm gonna say peacock is the ones that offends me that it just exists (laughs) like because nbc they totally need their own yeah they totally have enough things to warrant having an own streaming app (laughs) Well, I mean, they could... have Xfinity, though, you can watch Peacock for free. I, guess. I mean, you can watch Peacock for free anyways. Oh, can you? Well, you yeah. get it with Xfinity. Right. They, well, they have, like, their premium yeah, yeah, one, yeah. but, like, uh, like one good example is, like, um, whenever we were looking for, like, Christmas movies and I brought Fat Man, I originally watched it on Peacock because it was just free on that app, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, I guess... With you guys never seeing it before, I guess I'll get your guys' general thoughts of this. Uh, since this one surprised me the most, I guess I'll ask you, D, what did you think of this movie? Like, non-spoilery thoughts. Um, I think it was entertaining. Okay. It was fun to watch. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's just my general, yeah, non-spoiler, non-spoilery. It's not amazing but it's not terrible and it has fun moments right you know the non-spoilery thoughts on a low budget <laughs> yeah c-rated tw- horror <laughs> <laughs> for what it was it yeah w- i did have a good time watching it so that's good every time i go to put my hands down on this chair it just starts yeah yeah i, know, <laughs> I hate that chair so much 
Yeah. Uh, e. Hi. What did you think of this movie? I do agree with D. It's a very fun movie. I think this movie, much like Batman Begins, suffers from the fact it was made in the 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, there, there are some really questionable editing choices done. It was the style choice of that time. Yeah. Like, also, surprisingly, the CG wasn't like the thing that held up the least. No. <laughs> like, it was the editing that. for you that yeah, held the, up the least? Yeah, like the CG was like fine. There are even some parts where it was like pretty good. Yeah. There were some times you were questioning whether it was like actual CGI or whether it was claymation. Yeah. From, from what I know, there's no claymation in this movie. It was huh. just CGI. I think we need to bring claymation back, though, you know? Yeah. I actually agree. Like, you still see claymation today, but it's very rare. And yeah. I think part of it is because of how much effort has to be put into doing claymation. I mean, yeah. It's like if if it's like if you looked at animating and was like, how can I make this harder on myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also, this movie, uh, we should say... Is rated R. Uh, it is rated R for sci-fi violence and gore and language. Yep. And it has two ands in the rating for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, and, sci-fi and gore and language. Ooh. Uh, but the theatrical version of this movie is an hour and 49 minutes long, but we watched the director's cut of this, which is an hour and 52 minutes, because <laughs> it's really needed to add in those three minutes. I'm which, really curious what the three minutes are. You'll be surprised when you find out what that. I can't wait until it's just like... Uh, the part where Riddick, like, looks over a mountain. <laughs> yeah, just, like, staring off into the distance. <laughs> You're not far off. Uh, we'll, we'll get into, like, what the actual director's cut moments are in this movie. But, uh, yeah, I guess we should probably start doing a little bit more of our deep dive. But before we get to that, I guess uh, the thing about it is I have, like, the entire trilogy box set on, like, one or on three Blu-rays. So mm-hmm. I don't have, like, the back of the box for Pitch Black. So I just got to find the overview. The one that they have on Google is it, it's a fine summary of what this movie is. A deep space transporter crash lands on a desolate planet circled by three suns. Amongst the survivors are planet Caroline Fry, a mystic Abu Amid Alawad, which I'm probably butchering that name since it's very, very Arabic. Um, feel like cop we'd... William J. Johns and convict criminal Richard B. Riddick. Their first thoughts are survival and escape. Then Fry, uh, Fry finds out that the planet suffers from a total eclipse every 22 years, which is when the hibernating flesh-eating inhabitants awake and hunt. Like that's all the characters in the movie. There's no other characters. <laughs> I like Richard B. Riddick. It's like Junie B. Jones. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I I really hope that is literally his name because it's the lamest fucking name. <laughs> and really explains why everyone just calls him Riddick. Yeah. I mean, there's a, other people like that. Either like you know they're known by either a nickname or by their middle name mm-hmm. or sometimes by their last name. No one ever called him a dick. That would have no. Been they never called him Red Dick. Yeah, <laughs> Red Dick. Dick Red Dick. His yeah. name is Dick Red Dick. <laughs> dick B Red Dick. Dick yeah. B Red Dick. Yo, this Dick B Red Dick sometimes though. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. But yeah, I guess we can probably start getting into it and talking about the movie a little bit more because that is pretty much like a decent summary of the movie. I'm sure if you have like the old VHS, cause this was still in the time when VHS was around and are uh, the, the DVD mm. of it, you could probably get a better little summary on the back of it. than probably going on about how it's a cult classic and how great the director is and blah, 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 yeah. blah. But that it's a decent summary of like what's happening in this movie. Honestly, mm-hmm. you got VHS has lasted way long. Like I think one of the last major VHSs to be released was cars oh, wow. and cars came out in like 2006, I think. Yeah. Uh, 2006 is whenever they pulled the plug on VHS, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So uh, that's also one of the rarest VHSs. Yeah, I could see that. It's probably right up there with like uh, 
not the laser disc, but whenever they had like the CDRs of uh, movies and certain HD lasers. DVD. <laughs> no, not even HD DVD. Like uh, there were certain climates to where um, laser disc didn't work because the humidity would kill it, and so they had to use like a certain like CDR quality. Oh wow! Which is like a lesser quality, but it was on a disc. Nice. nice. Laser disc is such like an interesting thing, and I kind of wish it like worked. Yeah, like it or was, lasted longer, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, theirs was affordable. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was for people who like wanted to have like just a little bit better quality and like just like kind of having the oomph of saying like, yes, I have a laser disc player. I just like apparently you also still had to like flip it over though. Half the yeah, time. there were some movies that like even though it was the size of like an actual final disc, uh, it couldn't hold the whole movie on one disc. So they had to flip it over. But this was also during the time that like um. I remember the first like double VHS movie that I ever saw was Titanic, and mm-hmm. that makes sense because that movie's like three and a half hours long. Yeah, a VHS only holds like an hour thirty, maybe right. A high quality one, yes. Yeah, because like uh, they did make if you let the uh picture and the audio quality suffer a little bit, you can get more on there, which is why you had like those VHS tapes that could record up to eight hours of footage. Right. Mm. Yeah, like the home ones. Yeah. But, like, actual, you know, studio quality, they could hold, like, maybe two, two and a half hours at the most. I mean, they could have they could have just kept cutting it down and down. They could have been, like, the Game Boy Advance video <laughs> where you have a 240p video with, like... With, like, 8-bit audio. <laughs> yeah, with just Big Crush, like... <laughs> with three episodes of Ed and Nettie. <laughs> it had four episodes of car- various Cartoon Network shows, and they were all in terrible quality. Yeah. And I watched it all the <laughs> fucking time. I guess you a fun it. fact about that is uh, they had one that had, I think, Shrek 2 and the Shark movie. Shark Tale. Or Shark Tale, yeah, yeah. On it. And I guess because they had to fit both those movies onto a GBA disc, or not disc, uh, cartridge, like, I guess they were both crushed down to 160p. They both run at, like, two frames. Oh, and, yeah. God. And run at, like, <laughs> like terrible, the, terrible the, frames. The, like, Cartoon Network shows, those run at, like, eight <laughs> so like you can imagine how shitty a whole movie runs right. much like some of the scenes in this movie yeah running at eight frames <laughs> <laughs> yeah but let's start discussing more of this movie getting into yeah. deep dives you know things that we liked things that we hated all all, all those fun little joy joyous moments yes yeah, things that we hated uh right off the bat um there's some really stupid things they do with the editing right away yeah and that was at the time of like the early 90s and early 2000s that drag keeps on going on like why he hates movies from I, the I like 90s. get it i i think some movies are definitely worse than others in that regard but yeah. like i definitely get it i mean i know like one thing that was the initial sin for you in this is like because the movie starts off with like showing a ship which is kind of suspiciously shaped like a dick yeah <laughs> it's a little, little pretty dick yeah but, like, they're going towards, like, the rings of a planet almost or, like, through a comet field. And you see, like, these little tiny, tiny like, micro comets just kind of, like, flying through and killing just the captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these people who are in cryo sleep. And during this scene, like, there's an alarm that's kind of blaring for it. And, like, it go- flashes between, like, red and white. And so, like, on Dry's HDR screen, you just see blinding light just flashing yeah. at you. <laughs> it hurts. And, yeah. I-, I can't imagine watching that in a theater when it would, like, light up the entire room probably. <laughs> Probably would have had just E screaming the entire time in theaters. <laughs> yeah, this movie suffered a lot from its time period, and the most for me, I think, is editing choices and mm. color palette. I yeah. didn't. Yeah, like the color palette was rather changed. interesting for this. They kept changing it, which was weird to me because I didn't have any sense of where they were supposed to be and why it would turn from like overexposed orange to really light blue. 
<laughs> and like they're just kind of traveling along the same plane. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that has to do with the planet having three suns mm-hmm. and one of the suns being a blue sun, so. I feel like that that almost feels like an after like thing to explain why they did messed with the color palette so much to me though. Maybe. Um but like they did make some interesting choices. I know that there were some of them that even like during filming the director had to like tell them like listen, this is how I want it to look. Like you got to do this cuz like uh, there are certain scenes that are like meant to be out of focus, like you know, because it's kind of like someone's dealing with something, and so it goes out of focus and then back in focus, and like mm-hmm. they just did that by like you know messing with the lens. And apparently the the guys actually or the camera operators didn't like that because you know it's one of those things like usually they get fired if they shoot something out of uh, yeah. out of focus. But now he's like asking them like, no, I want you to put this out of focus. I mean, you can use it to great effect. Yeah. And in some ways, it is used pretty well, like scenes that you probably didn't even talk about because like it just worked for what they were trying to display on that. And then other ones, it was like, okay, this is a weird choice because, you know, after the comets happen, uh, one of the pilots gets woken up, uh, ends up saying, you know, the captain's dead. We have to land the ship because it's crash landing on this planet. And so um, kind of this fun little scene where she's like trying to like get everything displayed and she like opens up the shields for it. And it's just like an inferno as they're like going down into (laughs) this planet. (laughs) And she starts, like, taking off pieces of the ship to, like, try to lose some weight so they can get some breaking force to, like, not crash and die on this planet. And it gets to the point where, like, the only thing left for her to uh, take off is the passengers. The important passengers. Yeah, the well, yeah, the important passengers because she also, you know, the economy passengers died first and she's going to let off the other ones. And then the guy said, like, don't pull pull on the handle because, like, I'm not going to let you, like, kill these people. I think she has to like make that life or death choice of just like either all we all die or most of us die kind yeah. of thing, and trying to like ends up uh, she does like she does like let go of the handle at first and waits until later to pull the handle, which is why they don't die I guess you can say, but uh, well the handle didn't work because of no one of the brakes lock. didn't work is what it was the one that was stuck no like she tried to hold it but the guy in the not the cockpit but like the main area he like made the airlock get stuck by forcing a like a rod or something in between oh, so, it. so the door it can't close yeah, yeah so it couldn't do that because it would kill everyone more well is it like the, <laughs> the handle that she's kicking at that scene to, yeah. though too like that's one of the brakes that isn't working for some reason well and yeah then she but gets like she's in- trying to do it the second time and it doesn't like it just straight up doesn't work and it's like airlock not closed can't right do, can't do it no can do sorry airlock not closed <laughs> exactly that's how they say it verbatim. have a wonderful day <laughs> yeah they just kill riddick in the immediate opening and that's how the movie ends that'd be funny <laughs> the alternate opening and ending of pitch black yeah and then they they start you know they're kind of just diving nose diving towards this they're losing as much speed as they possibly can yeah. yeah they actually are gaining so much speed that the screen is just stretched you know yeah <laughs> you, you guys know when like you're going so fast that you just distort entirely <laughs> and it's how they did it back in the 90s son it's so fun because like it feels like they wanted to do like a squash and stretch in real life without realizing <laughs> you can't do that in real life that's yeah. not how it works <laughs> And I think part of that had to do with, like, they wanted to put that effect of, like, going fast and put the stretch on there. Mm-hmm. But, it, like, not it, only... It was a weird sh- choice. It worked at the time. It is very much of its time. <laughs> not only that. was it, like, stretch, they did this thing where they kept flipping the yeah. image back yeah. and forth. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, I think, for me, probably one of the coolest uh, things that I learned about that scene in particular is, like, that was the one time that they rented out a helicopter to get, like, some aerial footage for it. Oh, nice. And, uh, apparently they're getting so low to the ground that the, the skids of the helicopter hit the ground at 50 miles an hour. Oh. Hmm. 
so the glass actually broke and they just kept <laughs> it in the movie <laughs> well if you're like really paying attention what you can see is like it was all green screen on, on that thing and they yeah. just like green screen the helicopter footage in wherever they're during the crash landing but they got so low to the ground because like no gotta get it lower gotta get it lower and apparently yeah the skids were like hitting the ground while they're like getting this footage nice so they had to pay for a helicopter probably actually. hopefully they got the insurance i think that, was, that, that was most of their budget was <laughs> repairing the helicopter. <laughs> there was a lot of weird things in the budget man like i know another one of them because like after the crash landing happens like everyone gets together uh yeah. turns out the other pilot uh during the crash a handle went through through him and he died and she was going to give him some morphine before he died, but they were saying that they couldn't find any of it. And like Hess and Seymour, they're all just kind of looking like, oh, this is kind of tough. And she asks all of them to leave because she's basically just going to kill him as quickly as they can. And she doesn't want the rest of uh, everyone else to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, crew kind of gets assembled, like who's who and everything. And like the one cop on the thing is looking for somebody or looking for Riddick, the criminal that was uh, on board, finds him. Yeah. There's like a little fight that ensues and then he overpowers him. Um... One of the things that was funny about the budget for that scene is like, you know, after he ties him up and everything, there's that scene over he escapes because like he finds that place or that part in the I beam that like he can fit the uh, handcuffs through, I guess. Yeah. Um, that scene over like he moves his arms like that to go above it and you can see him like cracking and like kind of dislocating going out of place and everything. Apparently the original shot of that, they're trying to make it wide enough that like he could just do that naturally. Mm. And like he uh. they got to a point where like they're going to put it in a VA. VFX shot of him doing it and he's like oh I can do that and like grab the bar and just like did it by himself and they're like oh so we don't actually need the VFX shot now and then nice. once they put the actual like handcuffs on him he couldn't rotate his wrists right yeah because people so, don't think about that yeah and so like it basically made it just that much more tight that he, he can go like three fourths of the way so when you see like that first pop of him doing it like he's naturally doing it himself all the way until you see that first pop and then they have to put in the CGI for it to like of him doing it the rest. I thought of the you were way. about to tell us that Vin Diesel can just dislocate his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, guys, I got this. Trained method actor, all right. <laughs> not that's quite, what, but close. Apparently, that's what I want from people to say. Like, I'm a method actor, okay? Like, not like they're weird or creepy. Just like, yeah, I do my stunt and just like dislocate <laughs> their own shoulder. Like, Watch this. <laughs> I, I can't put it back in though. So, yeah, uh, listen, if the character breaks his leg in the movie, I break my leg in real life. <laughs> I'm a method actor. All right. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, apparently because uh, once he put the handles on, he wasn't able to like do it on his own. Uh, they it got added on to what was like apparently a sixty thousand dollar VFX budget for mm. that just that day. Mm. It's not much for VFX. No, yeah. I mean, also once again, this movie was our film in the year two thousand, where VFX weren't exactly the best. Like they had some good VFX, but like getting good VFX for a movie was super super expensive, and it wasn't even good. <laughs> at the time it wasn't no but like i think one good example would be like a movie that came out the year after this was gladiator and there's a bunch of vfx oh, yeah. shots now yeah, that, that were really good however it had like five times the budget of this movie yeah that movie costed like more than a boat yeah you're not wrong <laughs> yeah i will say i wasn't too mad at the cgi no it's usually some, fine yeah i was gonna say some of it's eh on this but like they do it in a way that it's not like egregious i would say the stuff the important stuff doesn't look bad, and that's right. what matters. Yeah, like yeah, you can definitely tell where they put care into the CGI, mm-hmm. and compared to where it's like, okay, like they're just definitely sitting on a green screen right now. Yeah, there's definitely some jank. Like you see the parts where the budget was running out. Yeah, but you also <laughs> see where they like used it, and even when they like it wasn't amazing, they just didn't show it 
like enough to make you kind of fill yeah. in the pieces and it didn't end up looking that bad. So good on them with their budget, yeah. honestly. It wasn't wasn't too bad with the CGI. It yeah. being called pitch black was to its advantage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's kind of like the whole idea of like horror movies is that like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you can't see is always scarier than what you can. Yeah. Especially considering like, you know, um, I guess like after you know all this happens, uh, Riddick escapes. Mm-hmm. They're burying bodies uh, while they're doing this. Like the one guy that they're getting to bury all the bodies basically ends up finding a little cave system, and something's killing him, and he can't tell what it is. Yeah. And during the scene, um, they go to check up on him because they hear him screaming and they hear gunshots, and then they check, and like the entire like little grave is covered in bl- or covered in his blood, I should say, and Riddick standing above it, and so they automatically assume like he killed them. Yeah. Uh, I think it was... No, it was after this. Like, you see the bats. Like, the bats don't look really great. Or, like, the little no, tiny ones. But they're not no. terrible. But, like, they're, they're small. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Like, they're small and fast-moving, so you can basically get away with a 2D image just kind of, like, scissoring through there. No. I don't think you see the bats until almost halfway through the movie. Almost. It's whenever they hit the town. Like, they're yeah. not at the town yet. Uh, Yeah, it's just a lot of, like, here's all the characters... Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie has a little too many characters. I think the movie knew it had a little too many characters because there's some I don't even think they gave a name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them they didn't sons. like. Yeah, they like <laughs> had the three sons, and I one I genuinely kept forgetting was in the movie, even when it was like the end of the movie, right? But there's that. Like to be fair, there's that. There's like the one Asian character that you see in cryosleep, and then you just never see him again. You just assume that he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the one guy who survived the crash and thinks like he was the only one they mistake him for Riddick and kill him right away. Yeah. They don't. The one dude that gets killed first does. Yeah. Which, even with that, I think the funny thing about that, they actually just used Vin Diesel's stunt double for that, because he's roughly about the same size as him, so, like, that's, like, one of the few speaking roles that his uh, credit actually, or that his stunt double has. I'm gonna say, that's actually kind of clever. Yeah? Like, that that works really well. Yeah, there was, I think it was um, around the time where they were figuring out Riddick was in the area, which had probably my favorite scene in the movie oh my god yeah where, <laughs> where they're just like all panicking looking for riddick and then it does that weird like out of focus thing you're saying but yeah. then it focuses in and riddick is just sitting on the top of the ship drinking his alcohol <laughs> yeah because yeah. like they hear a bump and he's like that was one of you guys right or because yeah he's up on like his little post mm-hmm. keeping a lookout for riddick since they're in the middle of a field mm-hmm. um so that was one of you guys right and then hear the bump again and see someone walking outside and like oh that looks like riddick kind of thing and, like they just automatically assume it's him and have a scene, like, even though D loved the scene, E hated it because they keep on going to, like, the flipped colors mode. I oh, like I specifically the part D likes. I just yeah. think this. Yeah. I, to put this in perspective, this movie, at least in the first half, is edited like a telenovela. <laughs> kind much. of, yeah. It, like, literally is. And it, like, does a bunch of the shots where it's like, wow, wow, wow. And, like... They're about to, like, attack who they think is Riddick, and it keeps inverting the... Not inverting. What's the name of that effect? I, Where, like, black and whiting. The, yeah. The, I, I think yeah. it's inverting, because it's, like, opposite colors. I guess, yeah. Doing, but... Well, like, it's just so dumb. Yeah, yeah, they do that, but then, yeah, after that, like, like, buddy, hell, I thought that was Riddick, and then, like, yeah, it zooms into, like, Riddick is just sitting on the por- or on, like, the little poach that they <laughs> yeah. have wherever he was keeping watch, and he's just drinking all of his liquor. It's so <laughs> silly. Just silly. Yeah, and that's another thing, just back to color palette choice too and editing like why were they flashing like <laughs> the colors while they're changing scenes a lot of the editing in this was just very like 
disorienting, which I got for the first part because it's supposed to be because right. you're like crashing in a ship. But after that, it was very like they're just talking and it's shots. like <laughs> yeah, like I don't know why, but it was just actually weird. is like another little fun fact for the VFX is uh the beginning of the movie wherever like uh, Riddick is having his little spiel at the beginning of like how everything shuts down except for the primitive part of your mind, which is why he must be awake uh, mm. while everyone else is in cryo sleep. Um, apparently that scene wasn't meant to be in the movie. The movie was uh, supposed to start off with um, with Fry waking up being disoriented in the thing. Oh. And like apparently that scene was too disorienting for test audiences, which is <laughs> the whole idea of like, you know, kind of waking up in a place that you're yeah. not familiar with and like, oh, where am I? What's going on? Kind of thing. And like having to basically wake up in a panic, like was the whole idea, but they added that deep or deep space scene and like him like talking about the characters because people are like, well, I don't know what's going on at the beginning of this movie. Even though like, that's the whole idea is you're not supposed to know what's going on. I think, I think if you want to add like the visual part, that's fine. Like of just the overshot of like looking over all the cryopods. Right. I don't think you need the, (laughs) the monologue. Yeah. That kind of introduces Riddick in a way. Not really, but not really. Kind of, but (laughs) at the same time, like, the movie goes for about a good 30, 35 minutes before Riddick even says a single word to anybody. Yeah. And I think they, once again, that's also done on purpose. And so it kind of takes away the mystery of him by having him talk, like having that monologue at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. In my opinion, at least. Like it, it is a cool shot getting like the deep space and seeing the outside of the ship and like, oh, okay, like they're travelers in space and blah, 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 blah. And like having that introduction, but it's not needed. Like I think mm-hmm. a good example of that is like we talked about the theatrical cut of Blade Runner. And how the theatrical cut actually, like, a lot of those uh, somber moments wherever he's just kind of, like, looking around, it's kind of a moody shot. In the original movie, like, he was doing monologue over all of that, like, describing the world and all this other bullshit. Mm. Like, once again, they took that out for the final cut, showing it didn't need any of that. So, I don't know. It's it's one of those nitpicks, I guess I should say, for the movie. Like, test audiences wanted that, but it wasn't supposed to have it at the beginning. It's really, like, it's one of those things that it's always a hard balance of, like, what is a failure on my part and what is like a failure on the movie failure. part? Yeah. Yeah. Cause and like, like I said, a lot yeah. of like, we're watching this movie, this movie's 23 years old at this point. So, no. you know, a lot of the things that we're talking about right now that are like, we're, we're flaws of this movie. We're just of the style. Back yeah. Then. Yeah. Which we can criticize that that was the style for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <I think laughs> that's that. what we're saying now is like, yeah, like looking at it 20 years in the future, that seems kind of weird that that was the style, but whatever it was yeah. of the time. I think it's kind of funny that, in that, like, 80 movies arguably aged better than, like, the I 2000 know. movies. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. It counts on the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But they start basically looking for any sort of, civil, like, civilization. So they right. see, water. like... Yeah, water. They see, like, a city on the horizon, or ruins, at least. Um, mm. I think they stumbled upon the graveyard first. Just a bunch well, of giant graveyards. Like yeah, an elephant say. graveyard more yeah, than an actual graveyard. At first, they're looking for water. And, like, there's yeah. that, that that whole... Uh, they think it, what are trees are actually, like, skeleton skeletal remains, like these large elephant-like mm-hmm. creatures. And, like, kind of realizing, like, oh, like, everything's dead on this planet. That's why it's a giant desert. And, like, there was once life, but, like, why isn't there anymore? Having that whole question. And then, like, you know, the whole digging the bodies, uh, capturing Riddick, um, and then realizing... Uh, them thinking because they thought that he killed Zeke, which was the first guy who dies, the guy who's digging the graves, and yeah. was he doesn't eaten matter. by a creature. <laughs> yeah, and he mattered up until the point where he died. <laughs> but everyone assumes that Riddick did it. Riddick said like it wasn't me who killed it, and like like well we can't find his body. It's like well you got to look deeper in that hole that he was digging, and they look deeper and find out there's like a whole cave system underneath yeah. them. And yeah, they were like, well we caught you with the body. 
Wasn't me. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> but I saw him with the shank. Wasn't, wasn't me. me. <laughs> then he ran away. He even wasn't had me. night vision. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that way better than I can. <laughs> yeah, but so they had a. Uh, they had. So basically. The captain, which is um, what's her name? Fry. Fry. Like, Carolyn yeah. Fry is her name. I yeah. Guess, but... So Fry goes to talk to Riddick, and she's like, "All right." So she gets info from him that he didn't kill it or kill the person. So they go back, and she's like, "I'm gonna investigate this hole. <laughs> this this is a big hole. Something's in it. Yeah. Hey, there gotta be something down in this hole, all right?" <laughs> so they basically do like a little carabiner rope and yeah. tie her to that and that's how they're gonna pull her out if anything happens as everyone knows carabiners are like the strongest material in the yeah. world <laughs> and <laughs> turns out it wasn't riddick there's uh there's monsters. something yeah in there. <laughs> would you see like little silhouettes of like what mm-hmm. the creatures are supposed to be down there yeah. and it's really good on it like generally pretty good scene yeah. uh, it gets a little silly <laughs> towards yeah. the end because like she sees that and she's like there's something out here Let me, I need to get out and she like sees like a hole to crawl up mm-hmm. yeah well because she goes to go she's uh, when she's like looking around uh, she sees the tunnel that she came in and sees that there's like creatures in that tunnel like waiting yeah. like waiting in the darkness for her so she decides she's gonna crawl up that hole instead yeah but like she gets like the rope gets stuck because you know it's a rope well, it's a rope, and like they're like, "Hey, like this rope leads to food," and they're pulling on the rope. It's yeah. like supposed supposed to be the idea of it, at least. And you just see her like panicking and yelling, but like it, it's like on a carabiner; it can just get taken off easily. You could just easily unclip this, and <laughs> me and E the whole time during the scene are like, "Why don't you just take the rope off?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what like I think it's just like a panicked moment. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. think of something like you that, but also. That, yeah. To be fair, this is also the time period that like people in horror movies just make stupid decisions yeah. all the time. Yeah. But yeah, uh but they like uh Jack here overhears like some yelling and is like, "Oh shit, over there." And then they they save her from the thing and she almost gets pulled back in, but they cut the rope uh yeah, and that's when they decide like, "Okay, Riddick didn't kill him at least, so like maybe we can use him as help." And so like, okay, well, we're going to need you for help and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, if we're going to get off this plan, we've got to work together. And John's is like, all right, Riddick, I'll cut you a deal. Uh, you help us and then go away. I, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you'll go free. Like, if they ask you, died in the crash. And He's then like, he basically right. says, like, if I were you, I'd, just, I'd say ghost me. Like, just fucking kill me, dude. Yeah. And he's like, no, uh, and he's like, remember this fact, I could have killed you. And then Riddick almost kills him. He's like, remember this fact, I could have killed you. Yeah little back and forth between them yeah that was, you, hinting at like a history which yeah. is kind of neat i like i like when movies just kind of are like yeah there was something that happened here and we don't need to know well just because uh you know he's a merc that's been hunting him down for a while well, we don't him. know that now we don't know that yet now yeah. we do baby <laughs> robbie you spoiled it for everyone oh, man <laughs> we're spoiling the spoiler section of the movie uh so yeah they're they're going back to like explore all the ruins it's like old uh technology from some people who were there yeah kind of has that star wars vibe of like old uh future technology yeah or star trek one of the two maybe well uh, one thing i think is kind of funny is like everything runs off of solar panels there which Mm. they say like oh yeah that actually makes a lot of sense like a uh, planet with three suns everything runs off solar yeah by the way two of the suns are like orange and yellow and the third one's blue and apparently the blue one's fucking really strong because yeah. there's just so many areas where it's all blue. 
And I think that was the whole idea of like these scenes where like everything's colored blue is because like the two red suns were up, but it was like at that sunrise sunset yeah. uh, thing. Whoever like they're both are all three of them are up at the same time, so it goes from like that kind of orangish yellow color to the blue color. I like I get what they're trying to go for, but mm-hmm. it, I feel like it would just make everything like purple. <laughs> like because yeah. it's not like the orange suns were set at this moment because like there are still scenes where it shifts over to other characters in orange sun. So apparently there's just like a dividing line somewhere between <laughs> somewhere. the <laughs> between the three suns. It's like when you play like a, a flash game in the way that the <laughs> that they made it go from a day to night cycle is there's just a large image where half of it's the day and half is the night and it's just circling around. That's the suns on That's this planet. The suns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, they yeah. find a bunch of like uh technology. They find a water source, which is what they've been ultimately looking for. Yeah, so they, they find a, a well in this little kind of mm-hmm. town, I guess you can call but the it. The well needs a battery cell. Yeah, so that way it could pump the water up to the top. So they go back to the ship, they get a power cell, uh, bring it back, a uh, little bit of back and forth of showing that everyone's scared of Riddick. There's like that scene yeah. where Paris drops one of his expensive bottles of liquor because he's an alcoholic, and but a rich alcoholic, so he yeah. just you know has carried like He's the not best only an alcoholic, he's European, just steals a bunch of priceless artifacts from other, yeah, other he, countries. <laughs> he yeah. is the British Museum in person. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, everyone's like kind of scared, except for Jack. Jack is like fucking Riddick's yeah. the coolest piece of shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> Riddick's my hero. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense when you think like there's like all these weird fan bases for like Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah, and Ted Bundy, yeah. and stuff like that. Really, Riddick was ahead of the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, <But> yes. <laughs> I mean, Riddick... antiheroes weren't like super popular yeah. during yeah. this time. I don't know if you could even really call Riddick an antihero. He's just a murderer yeah well that's what i'm trying to say is like an anti-hero is like someone you're not technically supposed to cheer on because they're not exactly a good person but well like, the, at the, same the time point of the anti-hero to. is like they'll do just things through either unjust means or for unjust means i don't think riddick just does everything for himself basically yeah like an anti-hero no <laughs> <laughs> like a murderer <laughs> <laughs> but she likes him yeah, she thinks he's like the coolest <laughs> well, spoilers, person. Spoilers, guys. Oh, damn. We don't know because Jack's. Stop spoiling the spoiler section. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jack's a boy. You <laughs> totally. Just don't think about what you just On hear that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're exploring. Um, uh, One of the group is a, uh, a Islamic priest. Yeah, he's Islamic. He's mm-hmm. going to New Mecca. Yeah, it's like a mission, it seems. Yeah, yeah. well, it's because uh, it's one of those things, like, uh, for, I think, a Muslim, like, they're always supposed to go to Mecca, like, at least once in their life, and, like, this mm-hmm. is him bringing his boys for, like, the one time in Mecca, which apparently New Mecca is somewhere on a different planet. Yeah. So. I do, like, I mean, it doesn't matter, but, like, I am curious if, like, those are his actual sons or if those are just, like, sons in the sense that he's, like, the father yeah. of them they basically say they are his real sons like i don't think there's anything to ever say they're not but they're it's kind of ambiguous isn't yeah. it yeah but yeah like he's just on his mission for uh for new mecca there's a couple people are stragglers like some clerks because like paris is uh he says he's an entrepreneur because like he collects all these rare um i got these rare ancient artifacts i guess you can say so he has like these old african hunting weapons and like old booze and like he's carrying them in a sphinx sarcophagus for their yep. trip and like there's you know kind of a motley crew of people if yeah. you will. Uh so yeah, they're looking through uh 
the one thing is found is like a coring site, I think they called it, because they came the back coring with the, room. Yeah, they came back with the thing to power up with the, the city. Power, yeah. Basically, they had the power cell. Uh, what they found out is that there's no lights in the city because there's three suns. Why do you need lights and doors? So they yeah. just have windows. Everything's solar powered. Uh, they got the power cell for the for the well though, because apparently that's the one thing that's not solar powered. There, that or like. I, I don't know. What the I don't know why. Yeah. Like the it, it most make, important thing. Exactly. You're in the middle of the <laughs> desert. Water is the most important thing. If anything's going to be solar powered, it's going to be the pump for the goddamn well. No, they need the solar power for the little, uh, for the toys, the, the toys in the little, uh, <laughs> solar, solar system. The info. diagram. Yeah. But yeah, like while they're looking around, like, uh, Riddick notices that like, you know, they're left like toys behind. There's glasses on the ground. There's like just random things that people would be carrying with them all day long. Mm-hmm. There's, clothes on uh drawing like you know on the drying hooks of outside and stuff like that so like it's like everyone left in a hurry if they left and he's the one that says like no like i don't think anyone leave left i think everyone just died whatever got zeke killed everyone else here on this planet yeah um one of the sons uh goes missing at this point yeah which ends up going into the corn room one thing i thought that was kind of funny about this which they don't really say in the movie or anything whenever he like riddick was looking at the corn room and john is like calling him like a dog like come on we're having a party come on boy Come here, like yeah. doing that whole thing, and like he pulls down the tarp. Apparently, that thing was like actually attached to the ceiling, and he pulled it down with or some force, <laughs> and uh, ended up like messing up his shoulder during nice. that scene. But had nice. to just, had to just play it off like he wasn't in pain throughout the scenes afterwards. Well, after you dislocated it in the method acting, I mean, yeah, I yeah. Really hurt a lot. <laughs> just a lot yeah. of shoulder pain for Vin Diesel in this movie. But yeah, they also find like an abandoned ship. So like their plan's like, okay, we just need to get four more core, five, five. Yeah, we need five cores because yeah, they did like I, the whole uh, math of it of just like this. Are uh, the launching pad is uh ninety gigawatts and each yeah, power cell is twenty gigawatts. Math of we need ninety. <laughs> each of them are twenty. How many do we need? So we need at least five because they're twenty gigawatt yeah. power cells. But at 35 kilos who <laughs> you know really like fifth grade max math type stuff here you know i That's think the, the biggest point. thing is they use kilos instead of pounds for whatever mm-hmm. reason yeah i think part of it might be the fact that this was filmed in australia but who knows i mean like they're like a hodgepodge of a bunch of different right because they have people with american accents and people with australian accents and the british islamic. accents that are the islamic accents even though keith david is american but yeah um i also apparently they're all from earth I guess is the other implication. Maybe. I, I think it's just one of those, like they met up at a station. Like this was, it almost makes it seem like this is almost like the equivalence of like a space bus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the main thing that makes me say they're all from earth is like every single one of them, like talks about a specific place on earth. Right. So like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The guy said, uh, like the artifacts, one of them he had was from Papua New Guinea. Yeah, unless they just started naming all the planets after the countries. Yeah. <laughs> they gave each country a planet. That's yeah. what. Oh. <laughs> Be a very Earth thing to do, I guess. <laughs> like, you guys stay over there. We ran, out, yeah. <laughs> we ran out of Roman gods, so we should have to start naming the planets after fucking other states. <laughs> Disney owns that planet. Yeah, <laughs> there's planet Disney. Here's planet Universal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. they do all that. They have that little conversation. One of the boys... Uh, Sneaks off into the coring room for reasons. Just he's a kid. Yeah, because he's a kid. Um, but whenever Riddick ripped off the tarp, uh, the power cell started powering back up, and the wind, like I guess, the window started opening up, and it turns out there was like little bats that were inside of there. And yeah, there's a little scene where like he's trying to run away from them, but eventually they just end up eating him. And they hear, uh, he asks like where his son is, and Riddick goes like, "You want to check the coring room?" 
and had to blow off the doors because they're held um, held on by chains. Yeah. And they go. They didn't there. look like five feet to the right where there was a big old hole in the place. Nah. Where they could have went through. <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> waste two. Waste two shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look in there. They uh, the father's like looking around, and Riddick's like, mm, "Yeah, uh, they're dead." Yeah. Because like there's this giant hole of a bunch of skeletons. Yeah, cause, and his theory on it was that uh, whenever those creatures came out to attack, uh, they went to the room. Went to the room that had the most um like the thickest doors. walls and the thickest doors but they didn't lock the cellar so they were able to come in through the cellar because like that's where all the dead people are downstairs mm-hmm. in the cellar and it's like during the scene where like people are starting to think like okay like maybe riddick's not as bad of a guy as we think that he is and has like a little back and forth where like uh what's her face is like here's some oxygen take a hit yeah and he's just like what is it broken and she's like no i'm trying to say sorry asshole and he's like i don't need oxygen <laughs> i'm a badass I'm a murderer. <laughs> and he like exhales carbon dioxide just to show his like his <laughs> machismo. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> he I breathes. guess her name was uh, Sharon Sa- or Shaza. Huh. Was her name? Oh yeah. What are they? It's not really that important to know the characters. Forgot she was in it till you just said that. Yeah. Actually, I, she doesn't. Yeah. Get, well, she drove the. Yeah, doom she, buggy. Yeah, she fixed up the doom buggy and was driving it around to get the power cells back and forth, like because they. You know, uh, after that, they look at a little sheet of paper. Like, the last date that they could find was 22 years ago. Yeah. And so she checks the thing, and, like, uh, after 22, or every single 22 years, the planets align in such a way that it blocks off all three suns, and they find out, like, there's going to be a solar eclipse. And apparently these creatures don't like light, so they're probably going to come out once all the lights go out. Mm-hmm. And John's like, no, And she's like, what if we just, like, try to do it just in case it's yeah. true, though? Like, how about we just try to get these power cells and deal with the fact later? And, like, so they go, they get the power cells, uh, they bring them, or no, they get the doom buggy, they load it up, they go out to grab the powers, five power cells, go to bring it back. She and John talk for a bit, and John's like, I'm going to just fucking, like, just leave Riddick to die. Or not to die. No, because he he needs to bring him to get a... Yeah, because, like, he's like, didn't we have a deal with him? Aren't we supposed to say he's dead? He's like, hey, like... The law says he has to do his bit, and there's nothing I can do about that. Like me, has this whole thing. a cop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a merc. Definitely yeah. a cop. But it's definitely him, just like trying to push around his authority right now. Yeah, and, and uh, then um, ends up a uh, go like Riddick ends up talking to her afterwards and like talking about like, oh, did he tell you the means of my escape? Because he ends up saying that like uh, the way that he escaped Butcher Bay, which is supposed to be a triple max security prison. Uh, was he killed the pilot, took or st- stole a ship, and then flew it off planet, and he's been chasing Riddick ever since then. Yeah, and he's like, uh, why don't you ask your little buddy about why Car- Carver died? Whatever the guy who dies oh, yeah, first. Why he had to, or why he had to die so painfully. Yeah. And or then, like, then, and why he gets the shakes every now and then. Yeah, and then it just cuts to uh, John's sh- shooting, in, shooting morphine. Yep. Straight to the eyeball. Which, yeah, the it was one of those things, like, I guess uh, he found a guy in Australia and asked him, like, what was the, what's the grossest way you've ever seen a guy shoot up before? And he said, through the tear duct. And so that's what he did, is he had her, uh, apparently it was the actual actor with a retractable needle doing that close-up with that. Sense. I would that not trust guy. that, even if it no, was. No, me neither. Like, even in the uh, commentary, they're like, yeah, you're a psycho for doing that. You know that, right? <laughs> Method <laughs> acting, baby. And it was real morphine. <laughs> that's why he's so out of it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. He's like, i <laughs> Well, no, because, like, during that, like, she comes up and talks and says, like, you're not a cop, are you? He's like, well, I never said, actually said I was a cop. 
I just implied just, it yeah. heavily in just, I'm yeah, wearing just, a cop badge. Yeah, just implied <laughs> it with the badge and the uniform that I'm wearing. Yeah. Also, he has a bunch of morphine. She's like, you could have just fucking gave that to Carver or whatever. Yeah, and he just like tries to like they're like ah, oh, he was already dead. He didn't need any of it. And like she, they end up getting into an argument. And, like it, it's basically showing like everyone has secrets that they're trying mm-hmm. to keep from each other with this. Her secret is that she was gonna just let them all die. Yeah, pretty much. But like they almost all died anyways. So. Well, the thing is, is like all of them kept on saying like, you know, like, oh, you saved us. Like, you're the pilot who kept us all from dying. And she almost <laughs> killed all of them. So yeah. it was one of those things. And so like she just didn't want to tell him like, oh, yeah, I almost killed all of you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then they're back at the they took the dune buggy. They're trying to get the cores. And this is where the eclipse starts coming to fruition. Yeah. You see mm. when the planet's like starting to yep. go past the sun and, like they're. Keep on, like, wiping down mm. the solar panels. Like, hopefully, like, this will give it enough charge to keep going. But it's just like, nope, I'm dying. Like, I don't yeah. have full sun. I'm dying. Uh, So they all have to hide. Riddick and... What's she... Sharon was her name? What was it? I think Shazra it's... Shazra or something. Shandrid. Shazam! <laughs> Shasta! <laughs> Since they all keep, call each other by their last names, it's uh, I think it's like, yeah, Shazza. Because it's Shazza. S-H-A-Z-Z-A. Okay, yeah. Shazza and Riddick are, like, running to the safety. And they're like... Look out! Get down! <laughs> oh yeah, his favorite editing scene. It's a cut of like you know, like when you're watching like an old YouTube video and they try to do an action scene, so they're like under the person as they jump over, oh, and great. it's in slow. I hate to say it, I think the Power Rangers were probably the ones that popularized that. Yeah, there's a the thing OG. where they yeah, have, but like, the Power Rangers is like a silly thing for kids. I mean. Yes and no, but, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> like, and you know, I'm gonna say, uh, when the Power Rangers did that, they also had a really bad budget. Yeah, <laughs> and were much sillier, and they did way cooler flips. That's true. Yeah, they just dived right here. Yeah, <laughs> so stupid. yeah, they do the thing where like they dive and like they say like they're both like laying down and like they neither of them want to move, and then like Shaz is the one who actually gets up to try running back to the thing and Riddick stays laying down yeah, and, and everyone's like Shazza just get back down and she's like nope <laughs> nope gonna run and, and uh, then she gets hit by the flock fly- I guess yeah. but what would you call a flock of these creatures carnage <laughs> sure yeah, <there> she <laughs> gets hit by a carnage of bats <laughs> that rip her in half and carry away the part that's still screaming yeah and then Riddick's like alright and just walks to yeah. safety basically <laughs> Looks- all clear uh, I guess <laughs> We we I think we said it like Riddick has like night vision so he can like take off his goggles now and still see perfectly fine. Yeah, he has like, like bad night vision though. Yeah, his night vision is everything's kind of purple. Kind of yeah. Maybe it's like heat vision. <laughs> kind of yeah. It's like that'd be more silly, exposure. but still fun or it'd still be kind of fun. It also would still technically work as night vision. Yeah, I guess. thermal yeah. vision does work at night. But uh, it is more like a night vision, but everything's kind of like a bluish purpley color. Yeah, which once again was probably just a big style choice for them. Um, mm-hmm. I think one thing that's kind of funny about that scene is like, there's just certain things I got left on the cutting room floor. The one thing that was like left in the cutting room floor of this is I guess there's a scene where like, cause he has his bone shiv earlier on. Mm-hmm. I guess he like holds up the bone shiv uh, while the carnage of bats are like flying past him and uh, it ends up breaking it off. So like whenever he gets up and he looks around and like throws something and then like kind of dusts off his hands, like he's throwing the handle of the bone oh. shiv because like he put it up towards the flock and like realized that it just broke off whenever he did that. It's like, okay, well this is useless now. I like that. that what, what plan did he have? Just trying to see how durable they were. Probably. <laughs> it's just like a funny idea of him be like, Oh yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> to be fair, they were like right above him. So like, I think the thing is like he was just holding it up. Like, yeah, like this, uh, you can totally see me holding a pen. Yeah, in this audio only podcast. I, I like it would have probably been like fine, but I get why they cut it. Yeah, I mean, there was that, and there was also apparently like whenever they first go to like the bone gra- or the boneyard mm-hmm. for like those giant alien elephant creature things. I guess there's like a, a larger cat and mouse scene between Johns and Riddick, but movie was already going too long as yeah. it was so they Doesn't cut out like it too like yeah. you get the idea from like the two yeah. yeah exactly and that was like their whole thing is like you get the idea of like what's happening right there but apparently that cut off like a good 20 minutes of the movie good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now that it's dark everywhere they are in a little building that they yeah. one of the cabins that came off of the ship yeah basically. they kind of got shelter in there so now they're trying to devise a way that they can get back to the ship with the cores at yeah. night and they're kind of having that argument of just like, well, how long can the darkness last anyways? And just like, well, apparently enough to kill off an entire planet. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, other they're also just like kind of looking around because uh, some of the creatures are in the cargo already. Right. Um. So like they're walking around uh, Riddick and one of the sons are there next to a creature and he's like, just don't move. And because, yeah, well, they ended up uh, finding out because like the creatures are making a weird sound outside the ship. Like, oh, they must be doing like. Some kind of sonar echolocation thing. Yeah, yeah they're like, I need to find my son. <laughs> that just reminded me, like, they say that, but, like, later in the movie, they make a big deal that the creatures have a blind spot. Yeah, so, like, for their sonar? Yeah. Like, you're like, too close to them, maybe, but... But, like, what's the point of, like, having that fact if they'd use sonar? Yeah. <laughs> eh. It doesn't matter. It's just like yeah. it's one of those things where I think they overcomplicated the lore. Probably like it, it's just one of those things that they always did in like older horror movies. It's just like speculating like what the monster is and like what its weaknesses mm. and strengths are. And I would just make up sh- even like even stupider like they actually like throw out their eyeballs to like bounce back and like see where it lands. <laughs> it just rolls and it's like <laughs> showing them where it is. Their eyeballs double as ears, and so when they bounce off of a location, they can hear off or they can see off of the sound the eyeball makes. <laughs> their tongue is twenty feet long, and they use it like a snake to find victims. <laughs> but yeah, once again, one of the sons just kind of veers off from the rest yeah, of the group. He and... starts running, and then he just <laughs> he ends yeah. up meeting up with Riddick again and like telling him to like. Cause they say like that, like you know, since it was a crashed pod, basically there's holes all over it, so the they're still like coming into the pod, just like slower than if they were outside with the mm-hmm. swarms. Um, that's whenever like you know Riddick is uh, sees one of them eating something, and he's just like, "This is bad timing for you to come right now." And they're like, "Where are you guys?" And you hear Riddick just say, "Just keep cutting," like okay, and like just keep cutting yeah. a hole in the wall, and um, yeah, it tells the sun don't move, but the creatures also understand the concept of fear and scarums and then they can move him i don't know it's <laughs> i think because like it kind of shows like there's like these basically spikes that come out of their palms yeah and so like they're kind of poking around at things with those and like they go to poke the sun and he freaks out and tries to run away and then another one that's just hiding in the darkness like splits him in half with bad cgi <laughs> so bad. Like, <laughs> it looks like he ran too fast into the creature's face and like and just got himself up. yeah so stupid. Uh, yeah, that sun dies. Uh, they're like just cutting through the ship more and more. Uh, uh, Riddick runs away because there's three of them that know where he's at now. Mm-hmm. They hit him in the face with the flashlight. They hit the creature with the flashlight. It tries to veer off. John kills the creature. And then when they look at the dead body of it, they find out that like uh, light actually hurts the creatures because like the skin's boiling wherever they touch the or the flashlight light touches it. Yeah. 
And so, like, okay, well, like, this is a weakness for the creature then. And then they already knew that light was kind of bad for them, but now they know it's it's, it's double bad. <laughs> it's it's not so much that they don't like the light; it actually hurts them. It's a weapon now. Whoa. <laughs> and so, so then they get rave lights. Yeah, then they're like the system is down. To be fair, I feel like that DJ equipment that they put on the ship like seems like it'd be a power draw a little bit too much. But hey, like I guess it goes along with don't you love when a ship has enough when they have a part in the ship where it's wrapped in the neon lights <laughs> even though it's not visible to any part of the ship <laughs> yeah there's just a but bunch yeah. of like neon tubes everywhere yeah a bunch of fiber optic cable is what mm-hmm. it is uh pretty large fiber optic cable most mm-hmm. that i've ever seen just been rather small but anyways you know for the yeah. movie it's a large ship yeah but uh, they do that. They get the power cells. They realize they can like use a sled because like there's a, this whole big argument scene wherever John realizes like he's losing his power dynamic of the group and everyone's listening to Fry over him. And even Riddick's like kind of getting a heads up on him for all of this, and he's not liking the fact that he's losing his sense of power. Yeah. Uh, but there's that. They decide that they're just gonna like put the power cells on a sled, and they're gonna have Riddick guide them because he can actually see in the dark, and so like they can have him guide them back to the ship, and they'll just pull on the or pull the sled and have a couple cool scenes wherever, like, you know, it shows that since they're surrounded by light that they can keep moving forward, but, like, they're constantly surrounded by these creatures that just can't touch the light, so mm-hmm. kind of gives it a more... I'm trying to think of the word for it, for... Cool. Cool, <laughs> yeah. A, a dire situation, yeah. is what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, also, Paris is willingly giving up all his alcohol to be used to make makeshift flashlights, like torches. Yeah, to make of. little yeah. lan- lantern torches, like... Because where they got all the things that they don't have, they have, like, apparently these uh, fixtures that they can put on top of bottles to turn alcohol into lanterns, which, you know, works for the movie. Yeah. I always thought that was a weird concept, even whenever I was a kid, though. It sounds very dangerous. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess in a pinch it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just gathering up all the light they can. Um, also kind of showing that, like, Paris is, like, a big coward, too, because he's always trying to run away, even though, like, they keep on saying, like, where the hell are you going to run to anyways? Like... They're like you're surrounded by these creatures. Running is going to do nothing for you. Yeah. But during this, uh, what happens is uh, I think it's one like of a the flare. flares yeah, falls one, out, and so Jack goes to, like grab the flare, and then like one of the creatures makes like a bypass of them, and like uh, since they stop, like you know they're kind of uh, cir- the creatures are circling around them, causing Paris to panic and starts uh, trying to crawl away from them, and then ends up accidentally pulling the power cell off of the sled, causing all the lights to go out. Yeah, and. Uh has a scene that was like it was probably one of the most popular scenes like for the trailer of this movie because like mm. uh he gets cut by one of the creatures and then like he sees that there's blood and then he's like the only light that he has is from his uh his little zippo lighter and he goes yeah. i was supposed to die in france and like goes to take a swig of his alcohol and goes it's like i never even been to france and then like does a fireball wherever like he blows fire onto the thing and like you see that he's like, completely surrounded by these creatures and like you get the aspect of like okay well these things just like ripped him apart in the darkness yeah it's silly. <laughs> it is. It's fine though. But once again, like I feel like they did that shot mainly for the trailer of yeah, this movie. Yeah, you you mm-hmm. always could tell when like a shot is made for a trailer. Yeah, that um, that shot was definitely made for a trailer. I'll definitely say kids movies are really really like uh what's the word? Like uh notorious for this where okay. like they always have that thing where like there'll be like a big part where it's just a bunch of jokes back to back oh yeah and, oh, and yeah. like it's always like surrounded by like nothing very funny so you're like okay this was clearly where they were like all right this is a trailer shot <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was notoriously a trailer shot. But during this, I think the one important thing is uh, Paris dies. We don't well, have to listen to him. Yeah, anymore. you don't have to listen to Paris. <laughs> yeah. He's dead now. The creatures um, are attracted to blood, by the way, which is yeah. why they. So if they get cut, it's a big deal, basically. Right, and like. Uh, they're using their echolocation and kind of pointing at one person in particular. And that's whenever Riddick realizes that they're pointing at Jack. I also, so again, with the like over explanation of the creatures. So things we know about the creatures, light hurts them. They use echolocation. They have like ultrasound vision. Uh, they have a blind spot <laughs> and they have a super smell yeah, like, of blood. Yeah. They can smell blood like sharks basically. <laughs> and they look like sharks. They do. I think yeah. the design actually really grew on me as the thing went on. Honestly. Yeah, it's like yeah. a cool hammerhead shark that can fly. Yeah. Like you see the first, you're like, oh, okay, someone watched Alien. But as it goes <laughs> on, you're like, no, this is actually like a neat design that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hammerhead shark with like a body of almost like a wyvern. Yeah, yeah. The, the tail ha- of Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like a split forked tail almost. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's like- a really neat design actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. which you guys have been saying at the beginning, like, I hope that they never show the creatures all the way through, but then when they actually did show the creatures, like, you know what, this is actually kind of a cool design. It works out. I think it helps that, like, it still is very dark. Yeah. Yeah. It, they definitely use shadows to their advantage most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's a couple, like, little janky moments every here and there, like, one whenever the kid turned into red jelly <laughs> running into one of them in the yeah, shadows, like, really that was bad. really dumb. Uh, but like for the most part, shadows are used very effectively in this movie, which I think a good horror movie does need to effectively use its shadows. Yeah. Uh, Paris is dead. Uh, Riddick's like, oh man, the girl's bleeding. And then Fry's like, I didn't get cut. And then he's like, he's like no, not I don't her. mean you. He's like, not her, her and looks at Jack. And then Jack just basically starts crying and saying like, I thought that if everyone thought that I was a boy, they wouldn't mess with me because you know. A girl, tra- like you know, a fourteen-year-old girl traveling on her own is a yeah. dangerous thing. So she just pretends to be a boy so people will leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And it has like that whole scene, and then like it, I'm gonna say a little totally bad because like <laughs> you know they're getting chased by monsters that smell blood, and then she's like, I was just worried about everyone knowing I was a girl. Is like okay, I get that. Not the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one even cared about that really. They're yeah. like, oh, you're a girl. Well. Okay. Now I think probably the most offensive thing that anyone says is John's like, put a fucking cork in her and let's go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's just John's. Yeah. Like he's not meant to be a likable character. Mm -hmm. But after this, there's the scene wherever, like you know, they're trying to figure out because the reason why her bleeding is such a big deal is because they're tracking them. If they go through the canyon, that's basically a death sentence for all of them because then they're kind of trapped in this canyon. So he's trying to figure out a way around that could effectively work. And John's ends up talking to Riddick and saying, like, maybe if we leave someone for bait, they'll leave the rest of us alone. So, like, one dies for the greater good good of the party. Like, so, like, one person dies, five people live kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I don't want it to be me. And he's like, it's like, which one do you think it should be then? And, like, trying to think of, like, who they're going to leave for bait. And John keeps on saying, like, how about the girl? Like, they're tracking her anyways. We should just kill her. But, like, you know, that's Riddick's number one fan. You can't kill Jack. Yeah. You don't yeah. know Jack. Jack's <laughs> one of the best characters. In the Jack movie. is one of the best characters. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but Riddick ends up saying, like, well, I think we need bigger bait. Oh. <laughs> and then a fight ensues between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, one of those, I, I do like, because it's a very grounded fight, like, very, like, fisticuffs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, you can tell it's still choreographed, but it's choreographed in a way that makes it seem like it would be, like, an actual street fight. Because, like, you know, there's Hollywood fights wherever, like, punches and throat, or punches and kicks are being thrown. And then there's fights like this wherever, like, eventually someone tackles someone and they're rolling on the yeah. ground for 10 minutes. They throw their whole weight into it. Right. And, like, again, it's very dark and it's rain. No, it's not raining yet. Not yet. Um, Spoilers but- in the spoiler oh, section. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, Riddick, like, gets the upper hand and, like, cuts John's 
hate that his name's Johns. It just sounds wrong. Cuts <laughs> him in the back. Uh, J- Johns is trying to like load up his shotgun to shoot Riddick, and Riddick's like, "You gotta watch out for in the dark." Yeah. Well, he tells dis- him, I, "I told you, you should have ghosted me," and just disappears. As <laughs> also, there's this really dumb scene where Johns is loading his shotgun one thing at a time, which I, I'm aware that's how you have to load that gun, but like it literally is the same shot each yeah. time. <laughs> and <laughs> Riddick's just like, like backing away into the darkness, like, "You should have ghosted me. Don't be scared of the dark." <laughs> I think for me, like, one of the biggest things for that is, like, whenever he's talking about, like, used to be top of the world, John, real badass. Like, whenever he said a real badass, like, I, like, even looking at the subtitles, it sounds like he's saying Billy Badass to him. <laughs> Billy Badass. Yeah. Camina Belovish. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always thought, that, like, that was just a saying. People said, like, oh, yeah, he's a Billy Badass whenever I was a kid. I was like, okay, like, that's just a thing people say. Fuck it. Hmm? We should, we should make it a thing. <laughs> I think it, maybe it was at one point in time. It makes sense. Like, Billy Badass yeah. sounds like some, a nickname someone would have. I like but, the idea of Billy Badass as someone who, like, used to be tough shit and isn't anymore. That's that's yeah. a Billy Badass. We're bringing it back. <laughs> Last one's in is bringing Billy Badass back. John, uh, you know, in the darkness is, like, just shooting at shadows, basically. And then, like, I'm guessing he, like, loaded in one of his morphine shots because he goes, like, shoot one of the creatures and just clicks. And then, like, you know, he goes, like, load another shot, but it's not quick enough. And... Ends up stabbing through him and biting his head off. Yeah. Uh, uh, during, badly. Yeah. But, you know, it was a scene. It looked really cool back in the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wish it still did. The bite. Fair? Yeah, that wasn't the worst. It wasn't. No, the worst was the kid running. Yeah. In. <laughs> but, yeah, th- like I said, there's times when the CGI works really, really well. Mm-hmm. And there's times when it's just like, eh. Like, most of the monster close-ups, like, when you're seeing them really close up and you can tell, like, their teeth are just, like, 2D razor yeah, images. Yeah, weird. Like, yeah. Like, I know it's meant to look like shark teeth, but it just it doesn't look good now but anyways like during yeah. this entire uh conflict like the rest of the party was trying to like run back to the ship because like you know the two guys who actually know how to fight are fighting each other now we're fucked and like so yeah. they think we're running back to the ship and then riddick meets him like halfway back and he's like what are you doing and they're like uh and he's like fooling my plans <laughs> <laughs> well he tells him he's like what are you gonna do you're gonna sit in the ship ship until the light our lights burn out and that way you can't see what's eating you that's still our plan is to go for the ship we're just gonna have to go for the ship and like yeah, and they're like, how are we going to get four batteries all the way over there? And he's like, leave it to me. It's just tracking. And then he people. flexes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're running. He has the battery. Uh, yeah, because so- it, it kind of turns into, like, they have no other choice but to go through the canyon. Yeah, they just and have so- to, like, run through everything. Uh, at a point, one of the monster almost gets the last sun. Uh, doesn't quite, because uh, Moltov cocktail <laughs> yeah, one of the lanterns turns into a Molotov cocktail and burns yeah. it, I guess. So, like, they run, uh, get into... They're in a cavern, so I guess they did get to the cavern. Mm-hmm. Uh, They got to, like... Remember that point earlier on in there whenever, like, they're going through, like, through that tunnel that was, like, the ribcage of one of those elephant creatures, yeah. and they hit it, and so that way it made it collapse on top of there? They got to, like, that point, which is, like, basically the last hill getting to the town. Because, like, you never find out exactly how far it is from, like, the crash sh- sh- site... The crash site to the um back to the town, but like you kind of get the idea that like it's a, a decent amount of time that it takes for them to get from point A to point B. But like they're kind of at the home stretch right now mm-hmm. between this and like once they get to that point, that's whenever things start going awry. Like the last son ends up getting his legs shredded. Uh, Jack almost gets eaten by one of the creatures, but like it's saved by one of the bones falling on top of her. Basically, uh, Riddick ends up having this moment where he decides like whether he's going to leave them or he's going to save her. And decides to save her, as one yeah. does, I guess. Then he's like, all right, you guys go into this hole. 
Well, because they're like as they're running away, like all that happens, and then like um, they ask Riddick how far, and he's like, "Oh, I don't think we'll make it." Yeah. Um. And then at that point, like, because at this point it actually starts raining, and there was an earlier point wherever the holy man ends up going to talk to Riddick and like ask, oh, yeah. asking him to pray with him, and he tells him no, and he's like, "You don't believe in God, Riddick?" He's like, "Huh." When you've been in hell like I have, you believe in God and you learn to hate him. That's a good way to sum up that scene. Yeah. <laughs> but uh has that. But like Riddick looks at him once it starts raining and says, where the hell's your God now? And then that's whenever he puts him in that cave and like puts a rock over the opening. and <laughs> Yeah, just traps them. him in the cave. Yeah, just traps <laughs> him in the cave. He's like, all right, like they'll be fine in there. And then like just takes the power cells and starts going back to the town. Yeah. About to, like sets up the ship, gets it ready. Uh The group finds these little like glow bugs and, yeah like well because yeah eventually like the last light burns out and then like turns out there's bioluminescent bugs inside of this cave which it's an alien planet i'm not gonna question it. no that's fine yeah i mean that, that's what uh silkworms do they glow yeah yeah you know, or they leave little lures so well, like, any, like think of like at the bottom of the ocean yeah too there's oh yeah there's types of stuff yeah because like every now and then they swim to the surface and then you have like a bioluminescent wave coming in on the beach yeah mm-hmm uh, they find those fill a jar. Uh, Fry goes to like see how far Riddick's gone. Yeah, and like Riddick put the power cells into the ship. Uh, is actually getting ready to just leave them there and like take off. And she stops him and like asks him, "What are you afraid of?" And he's just like, "Me? What am I afraid of?" And like, is just trying to get him to go back for them. And he keeps on yeah. saying no. And she's like, "What about them?" And he's like, "What about you? You on? You want to leave?" And so, she's hey, like, just think about yourself. And he's just like kind of like carrying her onto the ship. Yeah. Because like there's there is a back and forth between them. She's like, I told him I'd come back with more light. And like he gives him he gives her his broken flashlight and says, like, okay, here you go. And then uh she's just like basically saying, like, like, I'm not gonna leave them behind. Like, it's like, here's the deal, you come with me. He's like, I'll make you a better deal. How about you come with me? It's like, just save yourself, think about yourself. Like, there's only so much you can do for them. Mm-hmm. It's like he's trying to get her on the ship and she's trying to get him to go back with her. And then she ends up breaking down crying, and that's whenever he, like, slowly starts carrying her in. And then he hears something, or hears one of the creatures off in the distance and, like, looks back. And then she has a flashback thinking about uh, about everybody on the ship. And then it tackles him and, like, tries to have the strong moment of just, like, you're going to go back with me and I'm going to make you. And then, like, he puts a knife yeah. to her throat. And- but Riddick is, in fact, Vin Diesel, so he can yeah. just flip her over <laughs> he, easily. He is quite a bit larger than she is. <laughs> But he's like, ah, fuck it, fine. And then, like, it cuts yeah. to the... Uh, well, because what he does, he asks, like, would you die for them? And she says, yes, I would die for them. It's like, how interesting. And then you don't know what happens after that because it goes back to the holy man and Jack sitting with the last of the bugs inside of the last jar that they have just sitting there yeah. waiting. And then they hear some <laughs> rumblings on the door. And- yeah, it opens. Uh, it's it's uh, Fry and Riddick. And Jack's like, I knew you'd come. And he's like, ha ha. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was totally coming the whole time. Yeah, because like whenever they first go in there, she has that moment of like, "He's not coming back for us, is he?" And then like, "Yeah, I never doubted you for a moment, Riddick." I never doubted it. And then he's like, "There's my God, Riddick. He yeah. came back." Yeah, which apparently was ad libbed by Keith David's, which is you know that was a good line. Fits. It was. It's a really good line for this movie. But you know, then has a scene where like you know they're all going back to the ship. Uh, they get to the ship. Um. But Riddick out of got all people, yeah, I was gonna say, out of all people, Riddick is the one who gets cornered now and like uses the whole blind spot thing to try to fool one of them, but only works for like half a second for the it's self a, factor that a I, second this one comes is, up. This scene feels way too long to me, and <laughs> they're doing that weird dance. Yeah, for like, yeah. like I, f- seconds. I feel like you could have cut half of it. <laughs> probably. There, there's a lot of things you probably could have cut for this movie, and it would have been no different. Yeah. Wait, he's like that, but then a second one comes, and he's like, shit. He's like, 
well, gotta use my my grooming appliance to kill both these large <laughs> hammerhead shark flying creatures. Yeah, uh, Fry hears Riddick, and then they're like, uh, Fry, we should probably just go, you know? And then, yeah, Fry goes back for him. He's rather injured at this point. And then she, like, she picks him up and says, like, come on, I said I'd die for them, not for you. Get up and, like, is trying to carry him back to the ship and then has this moment where, like, something happened to one of them because blood's on the ground now. And then you see her being carried away by one of the creatures. Yeah, then Riddick, stabbed by the tail. Yeah. And then Riddick says, not for me, because, like, basically she was meant to die for them, not for him. And then he gets back on the ship. Uh, he's getting ready to, like, fly away, which apparently was supposed to be the ending of the movie. It was them flying away. But they had to have, like, a retort to these creatures, like a <laughs> yeah, vengeance, if stupid. you will. And so he does, like, the whole thing, which didn't age well, but sounded cool back in the 2000s. It was whenever he's like, we can't leave yet. And then, like, you see them, like, scratching on the back of the ship. It's like, not till we say goodnight. And, like, not until we blasters. tuck them in and give them a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> not till we read them a bedtime yeah. story. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> but yeah, it's dumb. Like, it's one of those things where, like, it probably did seem cool back then, but it's just kind of cheesy yeah i mean uh, well another scene that was pretty cheesy too is like that scene wherever like he fights one of them that the one that was attacking jack and like yeah and cuts he cuts it its guts open says like did not know who he was fucking with yeah uh even vin diesel didn't like that line but apparently like in the test audience there's people who actually got up and cheered during that line so oh my once again what the are these time. people who yeah. they get for test audiences no yeah, just dumb joe blows i guess <laughs> Where do they do these test audience stuff? Do they only do it, like, bumfuck nowhere? No, probably in, like, New York and California. It would probably be, like, the easiest spots. I guess. That's probably their biggest. Yeah, because that would be, like, the biggest audiences is those two places. That's so dumb. But, yeah, yeah. and then has the scenes that actually work out well wherever, you know, they're flying off the planet. And she asks, like, so what happens if we meet up with another ship? Like, what do we tell them about you? And it's like, well, tell them Riddick's dead. He died somewhere on that planet. And it just ends. Yeah, they fly away. credits roll. It's like a fine ending. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's open ended because it's kind of like where do we go now? Um, I'm really curious what the hell happens between this movie and the third movie. Apparently, that like <laughs> yeah, apparently. a lot, a lot <laughs> happens between this movie and the third movie. Considering you guys, got ah, oh, there's there's so much. Like the funny thing is, is because I own the trilogy. I've seen the first two movies and I've seen um snippets of the third. Well, no, I haven't seen anything of the third. Oh, oh the the animated? Yeah, the animated thing? short. I'm forgetting the name of it. Riddick animated Dark Black. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I've seen bits of it. That fucking, Dark that, Fury. Yeah, that thing looks fucking cool. It's pretty cool. It's only about 30 minutes long, but we didn't have time to watch that, too. We can watch it some other point in time if yeah. you guys want to. I have the DVD. I think the main thing about that is, like, I know a lot of stuff I saw at the time was people praising it for, like, having these really grounded fist fights in it. That yeah, cool. they... They have some sci-fi bullshit in the um in the animated thing, but they also have like a, a couple grounded fights in there. But they got someone who is like uh, a well-known um Japanese anime artist yeah. to do all the animations nice. for that. I don't remember who it is off the top of my head. I think it was yeah, some of the people who worked with like Animatrix and stuff. But yeah, mm. but yeah, that was Pitch Black. Uh, I think the only things I can really add to it because, like I said, there's like a whole three minutes added wow. to this movie for the director's cut. What was and it? So, you know that scene where, like, they're going through all of his, the rich guy's stuff, and he says, like, and, like oh, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this. Like, all right, well, I'm going to need receipts from all of you. Like, that was a scene that was added for the director's <laughs> cut. Why? I'm, I don't know. It's like uh, his personality, I guess. Well, also, like, that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, there's, most of what it is is, like, kind of putting more humanity to the characters, because, like, there's that scene. Uh, the scene where, like, you know, the guy shoots up in his eyeball, and then um, 
whenever like he grabs her hand and puts it on to like the back and like shows that like Riddick tried uh, stabbing him in the spine and missed, but they had to keep a piece of the ship in his spine because they couldn't surgically remove it. Uh, the part wherever like he puts her hand on his scar and like talks about like that's why he has to take pain meds all the time is because of that. They completely cut that scene out. So like you like oh he's like in the original cut he's just a junkie. Oh, oh I damn. feel like that actually that part's necessary. I feel like you need yeah that, that was scene. cut from the original movie. That's weird. I know right. Hmm. But they like, didn't want to give humanity to him. There's that or like that scene where like she says like there's still a couple hits of oxygen on this and he goes like what is it broken and throws it down. Uh, that scene was also like that's also part of the director's cut. So like that one like I take it. But once it. again that was another one of those like it was like one thing if you notice of the movie the only ones who really survive are the ones who are like just unconditionally nice to Riddick. They're the only two that's uh, only the holy man and Jack are the only ones who like just are kind to him for no reason. Everyone else is an asshole to yeah. him. And yeah. everyone else dies. Uh, I don't so, know. The sons never did anything. No, they're just scared of him. <laughs> how dare? <laughs> yeah, how dare? <laughs> they just die. <laughs> but uh, I think that's how I saw it, at least, as the ones who were unconditionally nah, lost him. But I, they like, probably have something about that. Yeah. Maybe, but like it, it also might have been one of those like those were cut for time, but it made more sense to have them in the movie. So like, like oh, it's a DVD. We can add these extra three minutes in if we want to, kind of thing. And so they added those for the just, unrated cut. There's just something so funny to me about a director's cut being three minutes longer yeah, yeah. So weird it's three minutes longer and it adds more humanity to the actual characters which is weird but it may like it feels like there's scenes that like needed to be put in the movie anyways uh, one i don't i don't i the receipt one i feel like doesn't matter really and then, i mean it mostly just shows like paris like being more paris and then yeah the one with the cut on his back is like they even talk about like the sweet spot is between two of those vertebrae yeah, and how yeah, yeah. riddick was going for the sweet spot but missed on him like so those scenes, like, being taken out of the uh, theatrical cut but putting, putting back into the director's cut seems like they needed those scenes in the movie. Yeah, those two, I think, are completely necessary. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, weirdly enough, the director's cut just adds more humanity to the characters, which I thought was an interesting choice, but yeah. it's just, they have, like, I think it was also during the time that, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Everything needed Yeah, a everything needed, uh, needed an uncut version. Yeah. yeah. Unrated. Yeah. Unfunny. Yeah. <laughs> unwatchable <laughs> i whenever i think of like the unrated cuts i always just think of all those shitty like 2000s comedies yeah, yeah. and it normally was those ones because like they it was always to get more dvd sales because people bought yeah. more dvds it's just like oh what couldn't they put in theaters and like, and it's always just like it was just a bad a joke and terrible taste yeah usually yeah like the american pie was big on that i remember like the Doubt, unrated yeah, cuts that. that was like their biggest thing yeah, I guess, like, other little fun facts we didn't really get to. Um, the only one that I, like, there wasn't a whole lot of fun facts I found in this movie. The one that I uh, I didn't really get a chance to talk about was this movie was shot in Cooper Petty, Australia, because it was okay. a very remote area. So, like, you know, it seems like a desolate planet in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Australia really is just its own planet, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of. As its entire own ecosystem. Uh, one thing I thought that was kind of funny is like it was always a big thing in movies in the early 2000s. Be like, oh, like there's a heat wave going through here because they always talk about how hot it is on that planet. Uh-huh. Apparently, it was freezing while they were doing the shooting. <laughs> well, yeah, this. it's a desert. So, yeah. So if people look like they're in pain during the shooting of this movie, it's because they're freezing. Nice. And I so, bet Riddick or yeah, Vin Diesel especially. Oh yeah, like, no shirt on because like he, uh, Vin Diesel in particular says like, yeah, if I look really buff during the scene, I was freezing, and so I was like flexing my muscles trying to keep warm. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. And uh, there's that, and they said that the rain scene in particular, because like it was already cold to begin with, oh, then yeah. they start spraying them with cold water, mm-hmm. and it was even worse. And so there's a lot of pain that they dealt with for shooting this movie on a budget. 
Which that yeah. being said, this movie had a decent sized budget, but for like compared to larger movies, it wasn't like a huge budget either. I think yeah. it was a twenty million dollar budget that they had for this movie. And but they made back like sixty million in the box office. Oh, yeah, so. that's pretty good. And though. then on top of that, there was the DVD sales, and oh, so yeah. I mean that's that's actually especially pretty good considering uh, it's a horror movie in two thousand, right? I guess it's like kind is of this a horror, horror movie. It's I don't like really think it is I, in the two thousands. I would say it qualifies. It's as more a of a sci fi to me. Sci fi thriller, sci fi horror. I would say yeah, it is. it's sci fi yeah. horror, which yeah. wasn't popular back then. Uh, but this movie does to this day still have a cult following to it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say sci-fi horror had the issue of like you know Alien and Aliens were so good that everything tried to be Alien and Aliens, and I think it just had the thing where people were just getting sick and tired of it. Right. So like it probably I think it had like a gap between whatever it before is, this and this. It's a bad thing about Hollywood is that like they find something that works and then they just do it to deaths where nobody wants to see it ever again because yeah. now there's a billion copycats of this one really cool idea. I mean, that's all the Still movies coming. Yeah, yeah, all the fucking Marvel and DC movies. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good example. But it makes the money, so they just keep on doing it until it stops making them money. We'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised it's lasted this long. I'm going to be honest with you. I, From what Jariah tells me, it does seem like people are getting tired of all yeah. those superhero movies. So they're going to have to end it at some way, shape, or form. But. The issue is they're not releasing new stuff. <laughs> They're not, yeah. like, making new content, so they don't have anything to go off of now. <laughs> I guess we should probably go with final thoughts of this oh, yeah, sure. I guess this time I'll go with E. Okay. Uh, yeah, this movie is very fun. Um, I would say this movie almost feels like it had two separate editing teams, and they gave the first half of the movie to one and the second half to another. Because I honestly would say this movie picks up a lot in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas the first half, like, has f- good moments, but also is really bogged down by the weird editing choice. Yeah, where they have to make a cut every 20 seconds yeah. or else somebody explodes. Like I said, it's, like, made like a telenovela for some reason. And just, I don't know why. <laughs> just editing choices, I guess. Yeah. But, like, if you, I, I do think this movie's, like, worth watching for the most part. Like, it's not, like, a must-watch, but I think it's, like, worth a watch. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, Riddick's a great character. I can definitely see why they continued stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the characters that sucked, Dick died, so that's always important. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is a lot of fun. Uh, not not like amazing, but definitely fun. I would say like a seven, maybe. Okay, a little bit, a bit better than Batman Begins. <laughs> all right, I'll take it. Uh, D, what did you think of this movie? It's enjoyable to watch, I think. It's a good time if you don't go into it thinking it's going to be like an amazing blockbuster movie. Right. Yeah. Um, if you have fun with it, I think it's a good watch. Uh, it definitely suffers from being of the 2000s. First half editing, definitely, and color palette for me was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, when this movie gets to the darkness is when it's the best. Right. And um, it advertised like all the dark scenes when yeah. they're advertising this movie, too. So yeah, another like E said, the character Riddick is super cool. He's a badass. Um just yeah, it's a good time if you like sci-fi, um or you just like really cool like fun actiony sci-fi movies with enjoyable characters, I think you'll like it. So mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd probably give it like a 6 and a half out of 10. Um but it's it's a good time. All right. And then for me, the guy who brought it, like this was a movie I thought like at the time, whenever it first came out, it was really cool. Yeah. Like, uh, this is more or less the movie that started Vin Diesel's career. Like, he did some movies before this. Like, mm-hmm. there's a movie um, 
I guess the first credit that I saw on Google was a movie they did in like 1990, but that had Robert De Niro and Robin Williams in it. So he was probably just like some side character in the back. And yeah. then apparently mm-hmm. he like written and directed his old movie in uh, 1997, which I'm guessing didn't do very well. Yeah, um, <laughs> what was, of it. yeah well, did you ever hear of the 1997 movie called Strays? No. Yeah, that was written and directed by Is Vin Diesel. some cats? No, but it's apparently about a drug dealer trying to get out of a, a gang. I see. Hmm. Seems interesting, but once again, like probably done on a low budget and all this other nonsense. Uh, the first like major motion picture I think he was ever a part of was Saving Private Ryan, and then he was the voice in Iron Giant, and then really, uh, yeah, and then he did this movie in the year two thousand, and then uh, ended up doing Fast and the Furious the year after. So these two, like those two movies back to back, pretty much made him the household yeah. name he is today. So I feel like if you want to see like the movie that really started getting the train rolling for Vin Diesel, it would probably be this movie. It is a shame that, like, he is kind of bogged down by the Fast and the Furious movies, because I feel like that kind of does a hit on, like, how people perceive him. Probably. Like, and to be fair, like, the the original Fast and the Furious movies, like, they're fine. They're kind of the same quality of this movie, if you will. Um, It was mostly just about street racing, and it's gotten bogged down to the point where, like, they're going to space. Like, racing cars (laughs) in space is kind of fucking ridiculous. And they're but, actually going to space in real life to film the space or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think if like you wanted to see like where his roots were, I feel like this would be a good first movie to show for like per- uh, someone who's a Vin Diesel fan now or someone who likes sci-fi horror. I will say it does kind of suffer from the editing because like it does like a lot of those weird cuts and stretching of the screens and color palettes and just things that were of the time. Uh, a couple jank moments in the in the writing even, but all in all, it is still a fun. It, it, it's just a fun horror movie is yeah. what it is. It's something that you watch just like, you know, you want to see something that's slightly different than I think this is one of those things. Like, it definitely mm. earned its place as a cult classic. I want to say it's the best movie ever, though. No. Probably not even the best Riddick movie, to be honest. I don't even think, like, people who like this movie would argue it's, like, one of the best movies yeah. ever. They probably just really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is people who like really like this movie and like the uh, Riddick movies will always say, like, oh, yeah, if you want a, a really good Riddick experience, play one of the games. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently the first Riddick game is like supposed to be spectacular, and then like everything else, like it makes everything else worse in comparison. So we gotta finish the Riddick movies when we get the other two with the game stream. I mean, yeah, we could. <laughs> I have the Riddick games if you guys want to play them on the stream at some point. Uh, which we have a Twitch stream. Yeah, tune into that. But yeah, I think all in all, I'm with E on this one. Like this movie's like a seven out of ten. Uh, it was really, really cool for its time, but you can definitely see where it's showing its age sometimes. And like, there's a lot of really cool scenes, but it gets bogged down by some of the kind of dumber scenes in this movie. But all in all, it's still just a fun experience, still worth watching, especially if you are a Vin Diesel fan. Mm-hmm. But that being said, D, thanks for joining us again. It's always nice no to have you here. Problem. We actually got you on one you haven't seen in yeah. before. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, e, thank yeah. you for being here. For sure. Uh, if people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We have a link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P. Gives you a link to all our social medias, uh, the podcast sites, and our Twitch stream. We're live every Wednesday and every Saturday. Um, When you're watching this, I think I either am just finishing up Super Samuel Roll or maybe have one more stream. And Robbie will be on Anodyne on Saturday. But yeah, you were saying that like I probably have like one or two more streams on that. I think so. Yeah. Anyways, thank you all so, so much for listening. We will see you again next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.